Hope I don't have a gas on camera. All right. <laughs> Welcome back to Flick Flops, the podcast where we dig into the best and the who the heck greenlit this of cinema. This week, we discuss Dream Scenario 2023, billed as a comedy horror. The movie stars Nicolas Cage as Paul Matthews, a family man who has his life upended when millions of people begin seeing him in their dreams. Things go from interesting to worse for Paul when things take a nightmarish turn. Did Dream Scenario make ours come true or other nightmares and apt review? Find out as we analyze. Dream scenario. Okay, anyway. <laughs> I kept wanting you to bust into a, a nice Dream Warriors pun. <laughs> it's the Dream Scenario. Okay. Dream Scenario. <laughs> a little bit of George Lynch and some haunted... <laughs> uh, it's enough of that nonsense. The 80s are dead, man. Let it go, Gary. God. He says why we still do cult classics. <laughs> Never mind what I say. So Dream Scenario, man, a Nick Cage film. I'm super I was super excited when you told me about this one. Um just because we we both uh, adore Cage and uh he was very cagey in this. I loved it. He chewed up the scenery fantastically. So uh let me throw some numbers at you. Um I'm sorry I had a cough there. Um <clears throat> So Dream Scenario came out in 2023. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has this currently sitting at 91 with the critics and 68 with the audience, which surprised me. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's a, quite a difference. So, you know, and we'll talk about our thoughts on the film, but that 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 swing was a little, little odd for me. Yeah. Uh, I could not find any information on the budget for this movie, so I don't have that number. And sorry about that if that somebody cares about that. Um, box office though, I have it, what I could find said it was up, uh, made $8 million up to t date. So there we are. Uh, this was written and directed by a guy, a gentleman, a Norwegian filmmaker named Christopher or Christopher, I guess, uh, Borgley. And this was his first big release. I couldn't really find anything detailed on the guy. He's, he's done some films and stuff over there in, in Norway. Yeah, but uh, films and stuff. I think. Yeah, but he's a he's a writer director, so you know, we'll probably see more stuff from him. This is a you know an interesting start to his career as far as big releases go, and uh, that's all I have for numbers. So if you want to, we can jump into the. Uh, yeah, we can just our, start start talking about it. Our voting. Um, do we Doing have that here? All right, so um, our ratings. Bam, <laughs> Gary, I. I give this a one poop. I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Um, so um, you want to go with yours real yeah, quick? Yeah, let me go ahead and give you mine then real quick too, because I too gave it one TP. Yeah. Um, I totally agree. I, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, before we get into talking about the movie real quick, I just, I did write a note that um, this has been, I mean, this happens a lot. There's a lot of films that have been distributed by a 24 yeah. Um, and anymore, I feel like those are the movies that I'm most interested in. Um, they aren't necessarily going to be great movies, but they're always something different and creative. Yeah. Uh, I, they're I like a few just to like give you an idea of some of the, the movie, like that, I, the ones that I've seen that are on yeah. the list. 
Um, I was going to read this list, but I'm not going to go through it. There's just too many of them, but um, just to name a few. Um, we most recently we reviewed Talk to Me. Yeah. So a, a flick flock, flick flop alum. Easy for me to say. Flick flock. That's a new one. Um, Bo is afraid, which I don't know if you've seen that one yet. That's I have not. Too. Uh, the whale. Um, Kevin Hayes's favorite. Everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> I think, I think I remember him saying he liked that movie. Uncut Gems, if you've seen that movie, that was an I have seen work. that movie, which um, um, we could talk about that, but uh, yeah. Hereditary, good lord, that movie. Um, How to Talk to Girls at Parties, based on a Neil Gaiman short story. Oh, interesting. Don't even know if you knew about that one. I did not know about that. Uh, and there's a bunch more. I'm not going to get into all of it. I thought it was funny that they do have a movie called Room, which had, um, I forget her name in it, but um, it's from a book. Yeah. Um, not to be confused with The Room. Yeah. I was say. That Tommy Wiseau movie. Yeah. But A24 did distribute the, um, where is it at here on my list? They did distribute. The movie uh, about The Room? The Disaster Artist, which James Franco. Yeah, it's about the, the movie. And I like that I movie. That's hilarious. Yeah, me too. I um, was oddly entertained by that. Yeah, yeah. I did not hit her. I did not do it. I did not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hi, What's Mark. That? Anyway, <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. Anyway, I just want to make that note that anytime anymore, man, as soon as A24 comes on the screen, I'm like, ah, man, this is going to, I'm either really going to love this movie or I'm going to be like scratching my head at the end going, what did I just watch? It's uh, almost like they're becoming the, the modern day Miramax. Yeah. You know, yeah. When Miramax oh, Tusk. films. Tusk, A24. Oh, really? Yeah. Which now that someday. That's a- Someday we're going to discuss Tusk. that's a head scratcher. <laughs> yeah. That's the one you're like, hmm. from a filmmaker I love and adore. And I was like, <laughs> but anyway, you know, so I just pri- prior to Harvey Weinstein's fall from grace, Miramax was the, if they put something out, man, it was going to be yeah. talked about loved or just something different. Yeah. And I think that's really cool that you recognize that with a two four. Cause I never, I didn't put it together. But I did notice, like, as I watch films, I'm like, you know, I, I pay attention to those credits. And I was like, man, that's, I see their stuff a lot, you know? Yeah. And it seems like I enjoy what I watch by them. So um, that's good. Good call, Gary. Yeah. Most of the time, I, most of the time I like the movies, but I haven't seen them all. I did look at the list today. and I was like, holy smokes, there's a lot yeah. of movies I got to go through, <laughs> you yeah. know? But, uh, but it's always been kind of just discovering them accidentally, not really going looking for that or noticing that. initially but now that's just i've seen it as a pattern but anyway i digress don't digress let's get back to nick (laughs) do it nick i feel like i'm doing a bad andy samberg impersonation of nick cage so i feel like i'm doing a bad impersonation of you doing a bad andy samberg impersonation (laughs) oh god it gets it gets diluted man it's like multiplicity (laughs) here hi steve She touched my peppy, Steve. Huh. We're, We're keeping on bugs. Anyway, uh, <laughs> come on up. We're spitting on bugs. Uh, that's Great. one we got to that. We got to throw that one into the uh, retro rewind sometime. Yeah. Uh, this for funsies. Uh, anyway. uh, so look, this story is very bizarre. Um, yeah. And I didn't know, I knew zero about this movie. 
I don't read up on these things. You know, Gary sends me a title idea. I'm like, sure. I put it in. I start watching it. Um, I, I, there's a part of me that enjoys going into these films with zero idea of what I'm about to watch. Yeah. So I just let it, I just let it unfold. And I was at first, I was like, man, this movie is a little weird. Like I couldn't quite get what was going on, but I let myself go and just really started enjoying watching Nick cage act. Mm-hmm. And again, I, and, and I, I know a ton of people, they make fun of Cage, and, and, and I think he's good-spirited about it, the same way people make fun of Christopher Walken or whomever. But uh, I, I enjoyed watching him in this role a lot. Yeah. And um, and the movie was very interesting, like the way it unfolds. And I don't want to give too much away, but there's a, there were a couple scenes I wrote down that I really I, I enjoyed. Uh, one, one scene... Um, because because this movie doesn't make sense when you watch it. There's, it's a good it's a good watch, but there's parts of it that just it just doesn't make any sense. Well, and there's no explanation, right? It's not really an explanation to how things what what is going on. I mean, and I, it, and I alluded to it in the beginning anyway. I mean, this guy Nicholas Cage's character starts showing up in people's dreams. Yes, but he's not doing anything in them. Yeah, <laughs> he's just best. He's like a bystander. Well. I mean, so quickly, the opening scene where he's sitting there, he's raking leaves by the pool. And again, I know I know nothing about what's going on. And stuff's falling from the sky, breaks yeah. the table. The uh, stuff hits his pool, and his daughter starts floating away. And she's like, Dad. And he just looks at her. And I'm like, what the, <laughs> the hell is he doing? And then that's now that gets explained rather quickly. But I was like, what is yeah. what is going on in this movie? Yeah, uh, but I don't want to give it any away because I really think people should just watch this movie and enjoy it. You really should watch this movie. But uh, the one one of the scenes that I just I laughed out loud and I was I was grateful it was there uh, when he's in the apartment with the the assistant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's he's going to relive her reenact her fantasy. Um, Great. He's going to make sweet, passionate love to her. And then he starts farting. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's the greatest. And I, I mean, I literally, I was laughing. He's farted. Sorry. He's farted. And it wasn't, it wasn't in a dream. Like this was the real life. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, that's the greatest. Yeah. You know, because I didn't see that coming at all. So yeah, yeah, um, it's a, it's very interesting how the uh, how the tone of the movie kind of shifts around too. Yeah, it bounces you don't, you around. Don't see that you, it, it's I don't know how to even explain it because it takes this weird turn that almost yeah. seems like some sort of. I mean, it's not really masked that much, but there is there is a take on cancel culture. Oh yes, in the film, and it's it's pretty blatant. They even discuss it, but um. It's interesting to see the ramifications of that. I don't want to say too much about it either. I don't want to spoil anything, but but it's really the way the whole theme shifts during the movie. And uh, gosh, I don't, I I want to ask you something after we get to recording about when the shift happened. Yeah. So let's keep that in back. So let me got two more scenes. We'll talk about, and we can move on. Um, Dream, dream influencers. That, right. that whole that term and that idea, I was like, you know what? I mean, we're laughing at that, but yeah. I'm telling you, 
that's something's going to happen in the future. I think this filmmaker, he's got a vision for something that's going to happen in the future. Well, and that's another, that's another kind of thing with the theme in it too. It's yeah. like, it shifts around so much. There's that parody of kind of like stuff that goes on now, yeah. which could be in the future. And, um, and it's such satire of that. I mean, it's just, it's got, it's got great moments in the, in the film. Uh, I will say I, I wasn't, a hundred percent with the ending, but I think part of that was because I kind of wanted more from it. Like I, I, I wasn't done watching sure. it yet. I wanted yeah. to see more. <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. Um, there's a movie, not to say that, and, I, and I, I'm drawing a blank right now. That I saw the ending let me down, and Teresa and I were talking about once, and she's like, "Well, that was a good ending." I was like, uh, "Oh, I know what it was. It was the ending of Better Call Saul, the TV series." Yeah. And we've talked about it, and I won't get into it, but the way that ended, I was like, I don't like that because I don't think that's what he would have done as a character. Yeah. You spend six seasons building this character, taking him in one direction. The very last scene of the show, and he changes to become somebody with a like a heart and soul? Bullshit. Yeah. Disappointed. <laughs> well, and, and I don't want to make it sound like I was disappointed with the ending of it. It's just I I felt like there was a little bit more to get out of it. Of, out of the ending that there's a little bit a little further it could have gone yeah it was good How, however it, le- it does leave you some something to talk about maybe know, dream scenario the sequel maybe but anyway the dream influencers thing what i uh, is interesting about that is we you know, our generation gary is that generation that bridges the gap between never having a cell phone and always having a cell phone yeah and we didn't grow up with with influencers uh social media influencers right uh, our children, that's all they know. So they, they follow people who are talentless hacks, but they have 18 million followers. So they get paid money to wear a, a Bengals ball cap. And then they're called influencers. And I'm like, why are you listening to this person? Right. I mean, wh- why do they affect your life in any way? And I think that's kind of where we are with dream influencers. And it's like, wh- why would we, but that's, I think that's a reality of something like that is going to happen. So anyway, that's my, just let me get off the soapbox. Hold on. There. <laughs> I was All right. You look tall. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm back. Hey. Uh, the last thing I'll say, and this is another thing that, and I say this is one of my favorite things. I'll say, I'll be bold to say this is one of the, the most favorite thing I've seen all year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> bold. I'm going out there, Gary. You are. You're really pushing. And I expect you in editing to put a picture of this up on the screen. Okay. Nick Cage in the talking head suit. Oh, I know, dude. I was like, I applauded. I was like, yes. <laughs> and if you don't pay attention in the beginning, <laughs> yes. you don't understand. You don't really catch that. Oh, it, it happens. It delivered such joy to me. And yeah. I wasn't, I kept hoping. I was like, oh, if only we could see that. And when he showed up, I was like, oh, this just paid off everything for me. It was, so, and it, it's not even that big a deal. It just, I wanted to see it so big. When she said it. Well, it's big for the story. That's, that's part yeah. of the whole I couldn't stop picturing like, oh, please let me see this. Yeah. So I yeah. wanted to put that out there. Uh, that was um, that's my favorite thing of the year so far. Well, there you go. Old, I've said it. <laughs> and I'm sure I've just put the picture up. So yeah, I'm sure you guys just saw that just now a minute ago. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the only thing I have left is I have a critics quote. So we can, if you got anything else you want to add or we can jump into that and we can. You know what? I didn't, I didn't even grab one. So I'm interested to hear what you <laughs> I grabbed one because I, I, if you can stop choking, it's a little. Oh. I'm a little. I'm a little verklempt. <laughs> now I'm getting emotional. I'm a little verklempt. You're. 
Literally just a minute. This movie really touched you. <laughs> it's just scary. Um, I, it's, I, I picked a quote only because I was scrolling through them, and I don't agree with this critic, but I, I liked what they're saying, if that makes sense. I don't agree with you, but I do see what you're saying, but I don't agree with it. And it's very simple. It's by uh, someone named Christy. Puchko. Now I'm going to butcher that. I can send it to you or whatever. Uh, you can see it below. I'm sure I'm putting it down there. From Mashable. And she's a top critic. Uh, her only line is this. Nicholas Cage deserves better. And I was like, I don't know if I agree with you. I think this was, I think the, the fans were wrong on the rating. 68 is way too low for this movie. Yeah. Critics hit at 91. That's pretty good. I mean, it might be a little high, but it this is a fun movie and it's entertaining. Like when the, when, like you said, when it ended, I was like, Oh, I could have used more of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it ended okay, but I was like, no, I was, I was really enjoying this movie. Yeah. And you're rooting for him the whole time, you know, yes. very even likable. Though, um, even though he's branded a loser. Right. Yeah. But well, I mean, that's kind of why you're putting that position of rooting him on, but <clears throat> and he takes his wife's name, but anyway, we'll just leave. We'll just, <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that he w- he wouldn't cut a deal with Sprite. I mean, what's wrong with you, buddy? <laughs> that that whole thing was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't want to ruin too many things cuz I was going to bring up another part about that, but we'll leave anyway, it. We'll leave it. I mean, we're 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 foot 15 I think it's worth, think it's worth minutes Yeah, yeah. It's worth watching. You should check it out. Let us know yeah. what you think down in the comments. Uh, you got that maybe I'll use that for a thumbnail someday. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Go see this movie, man. It's great. If you love Cage, this does not disappoint. Thanks, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. We'll catch you next time. Pew, pew. Deuces. This has been a Touch of Madness production, brought to you by the creative minds at Tommy Twins Media.